Welcome to Overflow, the podcast exploring what is and is not inherently visible about those who build with Webflow. I'm Matthew Munger from the Webflow community team, and in each episode, we highlight the unique perspectives, passions, and experiences that fuel the creative mind of our guest. From Brooklyn in the United States, we're joined by low-code designer at Good Time Agency, Devin Fountain. Devin is a multidiscipline designer who enjoys working on every single part of a project from the beginning to the end. In this episode, we discuss cooking, fashion, photography, conversing with strangers, the love of seeing a website finally live on the web, and remembering that design is fun, so enjoy yourself. Featuring Devin Fountain, this is Overflow. Hey, Devin, thanks for joining me today. Hey, Matthew, thanks for having me. Let's get started by learning a little bit more about you and who you are. I'm Devin Fountain. I'm a low-code designer in Brooklyn, New York. I've been a web designer, developer, product designer for about 12 years now. I run a small agency called Good Time, but mostly doing freelance on the side and some small projects I also participate in the Flow Party community, and I mentor younger junior designers, designers of all ages, actually. Lately, it's just been me building websites for clients. I typically like to do design and development, but right now it's just doing purely Mm -hmm. dev, which is great because it leaves me with more creative time in the evenings to devote to side projects with Benton Woodring, for example, or videos with Flux Academy and Reloom. And you said you're located in Brooklyn. What's it like living there? It's loud, but I think that compared to Manhattan, it's significantly more quiet. One of the reasons that my girlfriend and I first moved here was to be closer to, you know, a lot of the events that go on in the city. We can see Broadway at any time. One of our favorite parts is that on any given day, if we decide that we end our days at 6 p.m., we can just buy a Broadway ticket and go see a show that night. And we're also located among just an absolute abundance of food options in every single cuisine that you can possibly imagine. And to be able to walk from one of the best pizza spots in your neighborhood to an Israeli spot to then go have South Indian all within three block radius is just the best. The subway stop we take to kind of go into Manhattan is literally on our block. So if we decide at any point that we want to go into Manhattan and have you know the more hustle bustle type of evening or weekend, it's right there. We hop on, it takes 15 minutes and you're in it. I don't go out a whole lot. I think for me, I'm a big food person and that's one of the primary reasons that I moved here. I also like to go out and just, I know this sounds really silly, but just like talk to people. Like One of my favorite things to do on a weekend is go to the farmer's market and talk to the people at the stands or go to my local coffee shop and just chit chat with some of the baristas that know me because you know, I go there like every single day. Mm. But other than that, we're not like big going out people. I love to cook at home. I love having little mouse time, which is what my girlfriend and I have, you know, called it where we just get in bed and we watch TikToks quietly at night. (laughs) We're like the opposite of most New Yorkers where they're going out at 11 p.m. and staying out until 3 a.m. or something. One of my favorite things to do and one of the other reasons that I originally moved to New York City is because I love fashion. I'm like a big fashion guy. I know I'm wearing a hoodie right now that doesn't exactly say, hey, he likes fashion. I'm wearing a Figma hat too. There was this sort of unspoken rule in New York City where two people who are sort of participating in the hobby that is fashion will walk by one another and they scan each other, look up and down at each other. And one person looks at the other and they don't want them to know that they're looking and vice versa with the other person as well. 
and there's like this quiet judgment that happens, but not a single word is exchanged. And then they go about their way. And you both know that you're judging one another, but neither are really looking. And so, one of my favorite things to do is to just sort of break that unspoken rule, that societal norm and go, I really like those pants, the stitching on the hem there. And I really like this tiny little detail that's there. That's one of my favorite designers as of late. And to see them light up from that because they're stuck in this rule set. That's like one of my favorite interactions in the city. And when they step out the door, they know that no one is going to say a word about their outfit. So for someone to not only recognize what they're wearing, but to also acknowledge it verbally makes their day. What does your workspace look like? If I was going to sit where you're sitting, what would I see? If you looked around right now, you would be ashamed. It is an absolute mess. No. When I got my highest paying salary, which is like a few years ago, one of the first things I did with my check, because it was like more than I had ever received at any one time, was buy the desk that I had always wanted, which is an Artifox desk. Mm. It's all walnut. It has these really cool features where you can tuck the cords in the back. There's like a bunch of holes in the back so you can choose where the cords get hidden. And there's a pegboard on the bottom back so you can organize all of your cords and like pegs on the front where you can literally hang your headphones down. So I bought that and I was like, this is it. This will complete my desk. And since then, I've just trashed it. There's just stuff everywhere. There's papers and like food snacks and cans of water. I'm going to say it's organized chaos. I used to buy into the whole minimalist workspace thing. And I think if that works for you, that's great. Mm. But I realized over time that one of my issues that I had with like minimalist, super clean workspaces is that it always felt like humans in general, like myself or someone working at another desk were considered an intrusion on that workspace as if it's a work of art to be seen Mm. and not used. And that's always bothered me. It's like, if a human is here and a mess is made, it's over. Do you have any kind of interesting objects that have a story? I actually don't really have a whole lot of objects that really carry a story. I think leading back to like the minimalism thing, one thing that I did carry over is that I don't like stuff. I don't want to have just objects. There's something about them taking up space in my life that I don't enjoy having. If I read a book and I'm finished with it and I enjoy it, I tend to give it away to somebody that I want or I put it on my stoop. I'm probably not going to reread a book. Mm. I mean, I'm looking around and there's not really any sentimental objects on my desk. I have vitamins on my desk, for example. I have the cameras that Mm. I record my content with. I have this camera that I really enjoy. It's an Olympus stylus. It's like a little tiny point and shoot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And I think it's fun because I don't want to commit to having this big camera with a big lens and have to edit raw photos all day long. I just want something that can come with me wherever I go, put in my pocket and shoot something that's interesting and then forget about it. And I can just pick up and shoot something really quick and call it a day. Just take one photo a month and come back to it at some point in my life. Mm -hmm. I always take it on trips, like Mm -hmm. vacations. And more recently, I took it to like a beach vacation. I never take it out. I always forget that I have it. I'm one of those people that just prefers to sort of enjoy the moment rather than actually taking a photo. Do you like to listen to anything while you work? I have noise-canceling headphones on almost all the time. And I just kind of forget to play anything at all. But if I am playing something, I think that more and more lately, I tend to listen to like really good video game soundtracks. I've been Mm -hmm. listening to the Inscription soundtrack a lot. It's really great if you've never heard it. I've also been listening to a lot of, I believe it's called Edge Runners, the game. It's really good. Sort of like a cyberpunk jungle drum and bass type deal. I used to do the lo-fi chill beats to study and relax to, but it kind of gets a little grading over time where it's like, okay, well, that one sounds similar to the previous song I just heard. 
I also tend to find that I can't really listen to podcasts either while I work. I want to think about what I'm writing. I want to think about the design and I tend to keep numbers in my head as I'm designing. And I can't do that while I'm listening to other people speak. Do you have any hobbies or interests? Well, earlier I mentioned fashion. I think that's one of my hobbies. Are you designing things? Or are you just staying up with trends, buying clothes? What's that hobby look like on your end? I think that it's a hobby in the same way that watching Netflix or watching movies is a hobby and that I consider it to mm. be a spectator sport. I understand that you can participate in fashion, but it's such an expensive hobby to participate in and fully dive into that for most people, sure. it's unattainable. And for a freelancer like myself, there's a lot of clothes that I want and just can't afford. So I would much rather be on the sidelines applauding people who are doing it far better than I can. Just like cooking or going out to dinner, there's different cuisines for food. Just like fashion, there's different sort of genres, different styles of fashion. And then there's sub-genres yeah. or sub-styles of those. And they're really fun to kind of dabble and dive into like different ones and mix and match. And one of my favorite parts about it is the way that people perceive you and the way that people treat you based on the way that you're dressed. At one point, I was really into dressing very Americana, which is sort of classic American workwear. Think Levi's cuff denim and boots and like a denim shirt or something. And people tend to treat you a lot nicer than if you're wearing all black, big combat boots, baggy parachute pants, and like a tank top or something like that. And I think that's just so fun that you can change the way that people perceive you. It's like putting on a costume, even if you're the same person. What types of food do you like to cook? I'm an avid cook. I cook probably 99% of the meals at home. My girlfriend cooks the other 1% like once a month. I think for a while I was jumping around to all different types of cuisines. I tried doing Sichuan Chinese. I found that to be incredibly difficult and I have so much respect for it now. I've done French cooking. I think more recently, I've just been obsessed with making Italian food. My girlfriend and I visited Italy earlier in March, mm. and there's this cliche where you know Italians will say something like, well, that's not how you make it. It's not pure. That's not how the recipe really is. And you're like, okay, well, you know, that's up for your interpretation. Cooking is fun because you can kind of do whatever, and then you go to Italy, you have the pasta that they make there, and like, oh no, they were right. This food is incredible. This is actually how you make pasta. Yeah. Ever since then, we've come back and we've been obsessed with eating that and making that Devin, what do you think is something that would surprise people to learn about you? I think people would probably be surprised that I'm not as extroverted as maybe people think. At the Webflow Conf, I was going around, I was talking to everybody, I was being very social. I even told you sometimes I like to go around in my neighborhood and talk to random people just because it's fun. But mm -hmm. once I reach a limit, that's it. I want to go home. I want to be quiet. I want to have, as I said, little mouse time and I don't want to go anywhere. I really enjoy staying at home, truly. It's my safe place. I have all of my favorite things here. I love being at my computer. I know people like to check out of their computer at the end of the day, but I love the internet, man. Like one of my favorite <laughs> inventions for sure. The thing about this question is that I am an extremely transparent individual on social media, on the couple discords that I'm in and different communities that most of the things that could even come to mind as far as surprising goes are out there. If you just go and look, I've probably said something about myself and I'm very transparent about it. Like mental health is a big thing for me. So me mentioning I'm in therapy is not a surprise to anybody. In fact, I encourage it. What is your role and how do you describe what you do? I'm a low code designer. I like to design and build websites from beginning to end. I like to have my hand in the pie, like my whole hand in the pie, you know, not just a piece of that. If somebody wants to come to me for a website, I don't mind just building it. 
but I love doing it from beginning to end because it lets me think about every single part of the process. So I can't necessarily comment on what I do from day to day because it does change, but I do everything from the low fidelity to the high fidelity. I animate stuff both in Webflow and in After Effects with Lottie. I draw icons because I was a product designer for 10 years. I did a lot of the design systems there. So I'm kind of like a jack of all trades and a master of none. And I think that allows me to take on any particular client or any particular tool. I think that a lot of people take design and dev so seriously, but for me, it's just a fun thing that makes me money. I enjoy doing it. I enjoy reading about design and dev outside of working time. I think that it's something serious that doesn't necessarily need to be taken so seriously. What keeps you going every day, keeps you motivated? I know it's a little cheesy, but I love seeing the website like finally go up, finally get published on a real URL. That never gets old for me. Mm-hmm. When I was 10, my stepdad bought my domain name for my birthday, devonfountain.com. Please don't go to it. There's nothing cool. there. I thought it was the coolest thing ever to like own my own URL. He was like, one day you'll have that URL and you can put whatever you want in there because it's yours. And he parked it for a while. And so I always had this obsession mm-hmm. with websites in general. It's not just I'm renting an apartment. It's I actually own this home and I own all this property and I can do whatever I want with it. So to me, that magic never wears off or never wore off. So whenever I'm done with Mm -hmm. a site and it's pushed live to like www.whatever.com and I see that and then people are going to it and they link it on Twitter and they talk about these small details that maybe I didn't necessarily intend for people to pick up on, but did them for me. And I'm like, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I do it Mm -hmm. for, for sure and money. In the beginning of my freelance journey, my whole goal wasn't necessarily to get rich. I know that some freelancers probably think, oh, I could do a little side service and make a million dollars or whatever. And that would be great. I would love to make a million dollars and buy my own home or something. But truthfully, I want to make just enough at least to keep doing what I'm doing. Like mm-hmm. The fact that I get to create things every day, whether that is designing something or developing something or animating something, and then get paid money for that, I'm never going to take that for granted. That's something that I wanted to do since I was young. And the fact that my parents didn't have the ability to do that or didn't have the space to be able to do something like that is truly special Mm -hmm. to me. When I was in college, I dropped out, by the way, after like two years as I felt like I could do all of this on my own. I ended up learning through Team Treehouse how to do front-end web development. But my mom would ask me constantly, what's your backup plan? Because for her, she had to have a backup plan. She didn't get to kind of choose what she wanted to do. I kept telling her, I'm going to be a designer. I don't have a backup plan. This is what I'm going to do. And so to finally be able to do that and to call her and tell her that, no, this is what I'm doing now full time. This is how I make my money. This is why I live in New York City and this is how I pay my rent is the coolest thing. What do you think is a resource that more people in the community should know about? I think that more people should know about this resource, heydesigner.com, which is just a website that posts really good design articles every single day and doesn't necessarily give you a preview of what it's about. They just give you a title, they send you an email if you want, but I love that one. The Win Without Pitching Manifesto by Blair Enns. I think that more people should buy and read this book. I think that when a lot of people are pricing their work or they're giving proposals to clients, they're losing out on clients by not being able to estimate quickly what they're going to charge or they're not feeling confident in what they're asking for or demanding, this book will change that for you. If you haven't read this book and you're a freelancer, go buy this book, read it in a weekend. It's very short. 
It's only like 140 pages. You'll make more money. You'll be more confident when you're pitching, I swear. Who in the Webflow community inspires you? I know a lot of people in the Webflow community and I'm friends with a lot of them. Mm -hmm. But truly the number one person that inspires me the most, and I know that he said this about me too, but Diego de Toro Oliveira, he inspires me every single day. We talk every day. One of the things that I love about talking with him is that for us, it's not just the love of Webflow that we talk about. It's also other things too. Like we talk about video games and we talk about TV shows and anime and, you know, like a lot of the nerd stuff. And we both have similar interests. I love being able to send him work and we critique each other without holding back. There's no like compliment sandwich. We're just being honest with one another and improving our work together. And if I run into a problem, I ask him. And if he runs into a problem, he asks me. And he's just so talented. It's ridiculous. He knows every tool. He knows every language Mm -hmm. and he's so humble about it. It's (laughs) like, come on, dude, you're the king. What is some advice that you would like to share with others? I mentioned this earlier, but design is fun. You know, it doesn't have to be serious. I think that some people forget about that and they tend to stick to the rules and kind of button everything up and it tends to make the internet a little stale. So have fun with it. Go with what feels right. Not necessarily what is within the rule set. Learn the rules, then break the rules Mm -hmm. and go with your gut. It just reminded me of that quote from Ira Glass where he says, at first your taste is better than your skill set. And then your skill set starts to grow and you sort of forget your taste a little bit or it kind of like falls to the wayside. And then finally, your skill set has grown to catch up to your taste. And I think that once you're at that point, then go with your taste and go with your gut and it's all going to work out. Devin, how can others in the community reach out and connect with you? I will never finish my website, ever. So you can find me on Twitter, or if you prefer to call it X, at Devin S. Fountain. I also do videos with Reloom and Flux Academy. So go check those out. And you can check out my agency website at goodtime.agency. This was an Overflow episode with Devin Fountain. Produced by the Webflow community team. Edited by Mia Miller with music by Joseph McDade. To learn more about the Webflow community, please visit webflow.com community. I've been your host, Matthew Munger. Thanks for listening.